Hey everybody, Happy New Year. Sam Mellinger here, sports columnist with the Kansas City Star, and I am grateful for you listening to the 37th episode of the Mellinger Minutes for Your Ears podcast. 37 is, of course, the jersey number of the late and great Joe Delaney, one of the few professional athletes, or humans really, who actually deserve the label of hero. Our goal today, as always, is to be worth your time. This week, we're going to do that with some New Year's Day talk here at the top. Another great round of questions on just how much luck is involved with the Chiefs' success, the thought behind sending Patrick Mahomes on a go route, uh, potential NFL playoff realignment, and the benefits of not taking this weekend's season finale against the Chargers seriously. We're going to finish with a really under-the-radar cool weekend for, for Chiefs fans. Okay, the Star is running a special promotion for the Sports Pass right now. A dollar a month for three months for all of our sports coverage online, including more original Chiefs content than you can find anywhere else. You can find that on our website uh, or just reach out to me, Twitter, Facebook, email, whatever, and, and I'll send you the link. So look, I I get I'm a little bit corny about some holidays, right? Like I want to smoke ribs every 4th of July. Um, I need all the stuffing on Thanksgiving. We have a dozen silly traditions around Christmas. I, I love holidays, um, except for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day can go play in traffic. All Valentine's Day does is sell greeting cards and turn well-intentioned adults into idiots. <laughs> One of the few reasons I know I married the right woman is that we com- we are completely aligned on Valentine's Day. But anyway, today is New Year's, and I understand that we can all choose or reset or start new habits on any of the other 364 days of the year, right? But I appreciate the sort of like clean break that that this gives you to sort of reevaluate, set some goals, look ahead. Like whatever it's worth, mine are pretty simple. I've been exercising more the last two or three weeks and I'm not really trying to lose weight or anything, but I just love the way it makes me feel. I know it's kind of a cheesy thing people say a lot, but I just feel better. And and I want to keep that in mind when I'm tempted to just, you know, skip a day and eat Cheetos or something. The other thing, I want to be a little bit more social. There's obviously like complications with that right now. But, you know, the the vaccine is coming and I'm a natural introvert or homebody and I just kind of really leaned into that <laughs> over the last however long. Spent more time with my wife and kids than ever before, just like all of you. And, and I'll forever be grateful for that. But I also know the other stuff is important, too. You know, like maybe a few drinks around the fire pit when the weather allows it, stuff like that. Anyway, I've also been thinking a bit about what sports have become during all this and, and you know, more about what sports might be going forward, what we can all be going forward. Um, that's not too deep to get here on this podcast. but And, and what I want more than anything else, you guys, I want sports just to be fun again, you know? And that sentence needs some context. Um, you know, sports are always fun. And, you know, I don't think any of us fall in love with sports. And I certainly didn't choose to give my working life to it because we like homework, you know? Um, you know, the surprises, the athleticism, the strategy, storylines, camaraderie. Uh, it's one of life's great joys. And, you know, over the last nine or two, 10 months, you know, sports have given us a lot of that. I know it's easy to be cynical, but I think I've had a lot of fun watching sports, but it hasn't been its best self, if you know what I mean. You know, following sports can be like an escape at its best. And there's simply like no escaping, you know, some of the stress and inconveniences and everything else that, that COVID has given us. It's part of sports and sports are part of it as well. So, you know, the, like the best part of sports can be like that community, you know, a full stadium going bananas on a big play. But, 
you know, now we've got empty seats and, you know, piped in fake noise. And, you know, the best of sports can be like the release, the ability to, you know, forget a problem, make some memories with friends. And, you know, this year we've got at best tailgates with masks. And one of the best parts of sports, like being at a game, right? And knowing there's a shared interest that you and that guy, like two rows up, might not have anything in common except for caring about this game. And that game that you guys are watching, it can give you a moment that will have you high-fiving that guy anyway. A complete stranger. You'll never see him before, never see him again. Um, And that's all gone for now. And look, like none of this is new. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know or haven't thought about, but New Year just gives me a little bit of a, like a reset here. The belief that this year we'll start to like claw back and, and, you know, get some of that back. I know I've been like really lucky through all this. I have my job. My wife has hers. Our closest friends and family have been healthy. I understand that what, you know, whatever problems or worries that I've had, really nothing compared to many. But, um, you know, one thing I miss desperately is like, you know, taking the family to a Royals game and, you know, playing catch in the parking lot, saying yes to whatever ridiculous concession stands request they have, except for the 10 or 15 minutes when I'm absolutely destroying some helmet notches. They got to leave me alone during that. But the rest of it, like I, I miss being able to take them to a high school basketball game or even a crowded restaurant. And like this time last year, the thing I was looking forward to in 2020, maybe more than anything else, was sort of recreating uh, my favorite trips as a kid for for our boys. And, you know, we were going to drive to Chicago, go to a Cubs game, Field Museum, Science and Industry, the Aquarium, all that stuff. Eat so much deep dish we can hardly walk. Go to whatever they call the Sears Towers, Sears Tower now, ride the L, all that stuff. Obviously now that happened. Museums are closed, all that stuff. But uh, we still had an amazing vacation, but just not the one that I really wanted. And like at the risk of being too optimistic, I think we're getting all that back this year. I really do, or at least the most important parts. And, and I think we're at the beginning of getting some of the best stuff back. And maybe I'm bearing the lead here, but I hope that as we get some of that stuff back, as much as anything, I, I hope that we don't just make ourselves content with sort of like, okay, great, now we can be normal again. You know what I mean? Like normal's gone, like normal's in the past. And if we don't use that time that we've had to figure out some ways to be better, um, you know, see how inventory kind of, you know, our lives and and things we've done that we otherwise wouldn't and things we may want to keep going forward, then this has all been an even bigger waste than than we can imagine right now. So I don't know. So if you think about like 2020 and everything that happened, it's just such a waste if you don't learn from it, right? Like evolve, get better. And that's the whole thing right there. If we do that, I think this time next year, we're going to have a lot to be grateful for. And and I can't wait for that. Okay, look, before we move on to the rest of the show, this podcast is free, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to ask you one more time to join us behind the paywall. We work hard to bring you information and perspectives you can't get in other places. We have the most journalists working the Chiefs beat, the most combined experience around the team, the most perspectives. Please help support us by giving the Sports Pass a try. Again, you can join for a dollar a month for the first three months or $30 for a year. You can find those links online or reach out to me, Twitter, Facebook, email, whatever, and I'll send them along. Okay, quick break and we'll be back with some questions. If you would like to participate in next week's show, call 816-234-4365. Leave your first name, where you're calling from, and almost literally any question. Put the number in your phone, call anytime, 816-234-4365. Or as the great reader Michael points out, 816-BEG-IDLE. Anyway, okay, quick break, and then we are back with the questions.
Hey, Sam, this is Phil calling from up in Sioux Falls, former residents of the Kansas City area, Shawnee, Kansas, Fort Leavenworth a couple of times. Um, my question for you is, you know, I, I don't believe that God really cares who wins a football game. Uh, but I think back to last year when the Dolphins beat the Patriots the last day of the season to give the Chiefs a first round bye. And then the Titans beat the Patriots to give the Chiefs home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And then this year, somehow, some way, that field goal from the Atlanta kicker just veered to the right at the very last second. My question is, is something divine going on, or is it just luck two years in a row? Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. Well, first, and I think a lot of us missed this in real time, but it does appear that Tano Passino deflected the kick. Um, he said so on social media, and it lines up with the replay if you look hard. And that's a pretty good example of, of what we're talking about right now with this question, actually, because I, I do think the Chiefs have gotten really lucky in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Phil, you mentioned some of them, and, and I also add little things like, you know, the Earl Thomas trade falling through a few years ago, which eventually put them in position and, and gave them the motivation to sign Tyron Matthew. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes' kneecap slid to the side of his leg, for crying out loud. You know, that, that sight was so gruesome that teammates turned away in horror. And he missed two games. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders was two steps behind the Chiefs defense late in the Super Bowl. And Jimmy Garoppolo overthrows him. Um, there's a bunch of examples we can come up with like this. It, you know, it's like the Chiefs went from like one of the NFL's unluckiest teams, right? Like Marcus Mariota throwing a touchdown to himself. Andrew Luck scoring a touchdown after fumbling off a helmet. And it, it's like they went from cursed to blessed and, and did it. Basically, the moment Patrick Mahomes started playing quarterback. But I want you to think about that example at the top, like with Passino, because, you know, just being real here, like the deflection wasn't so hard that the kick could not have still been made. Um, you know, that happens sometimes. Um, but Passino did get a finger on it and he changed the trajectory of the kick. And, you know, that's that's creating your own luck. And, you know, the, the same way that I do think past Chiefs, fan, Chiefs teams got bad luck. Uh, I also think they created some of their own bad luck or, you know, weren't good enough to overcome some bad breaks the way that the Chiefs are now. You know, just as an example, that, that Mariota touchdown to himself, like that didn't erase a 21 to 3 lead all on its own. You know, the Chiefs screwed up plenty. The rest of that came to help. You know what I mean? Like, so sure, they, like they can catch some breaks. Right. Like the Patriots dropped two interceptions in that game this year. Um, you know, they get Drew Brees in his first game back from a really rough injury. But, you know, they also create a lot of their own breaks, like those magic tricks that Mahomes pulls off. They, they aren't luck like they, they are practiced and, you know, executed in part because the defense is so stressed from, uh, you know, everything that the Chiefs are capable of. You know, they're lucky, but like they've earned a lot of that luck, too. You know what I mean? OK, speaking of Mahomes. Hello, Sam. This is Eldon from Partridge, Kansas. I enjoy your show and appreciate your insights and tone. And my question for you was triggered by the fourth down play against the Falcons where Patrick Mahomes ended up being a receiver downfield. And I'm just interested in your thoughts about the wisdom of using Mahomes as a receiver. Thanks and keep up the good work. Bye. Okay, so, right, like, you guys probably know I'm a bit of an extremist on going for it on fourth down, and, and I'm also into the trick plays. I think the numbers in the film show that they work, and I think that there's a purpose behind them because the Chiefs aren't, you know, particularly well-equipped for more traditional short yardage runs up the middle. 
Um, but this play here, I mean, <laughs> I am not in on it, right? Like I, and not because it didn't work. Um, that's, that's not where I'm going with this, but it's that play design. It seemed to rely entirely on that backside defender, just sort of falling asleep. And, uh, you know, if he does that, it works and it looks great. But if he doesn't, we get what we saw. And the other thing about that play design, like it, it just didn't take advantage of like the Chiefs advantages, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, they're they're wanting the defense to commit to rushing up on Sammy Watkins. But like Watkins is not their best. He's not their second best or even third best threat in that situation. Um, you know, I, I guess the difference is I'm, I'm all for the Chiefs using trick plays. But I want those trick plays. I believe that those trick plays are more effective when they amplify the talent that's already on hand. And, you know, also, I mean, I understand why Andy's probably forever gun shy on running quarterback sneaks. Right. Um, with what happened in, in Denver last year. But it's hard to explain that while also sending the five hundred three million dollar quarterback on go routes, you know, against physical defensive backs. OK, here's another question. This one's about potential playoff realignment. Hello, Sam. My name's Brandon. I am a huge Kansas City sports fan. I actually live in Kansas City. My question for you today is, do you think with the example of the Washington football team or anybody representing the NFC East this year with the losing record, that the NFL could potentially down the road remove divisions or maybe see a standing playoffs where the 14 best records make the playoffs? Um, just want to know your thoughts on that and if you think um, that is ever a possibility. Um, thank you. Love the work you do. Bye. This year is unusual, right? Um, it is rare. We, you know, we see nine and seven division champions, eight and eight. Um, you know, Seattle and this game was memorable because of that Marshawn Lynch run. But you know, the, the, they won a playoff game as a seven and nine team. But uh, you know, what we're seeing this year with the NFC East, this is basically Haley's comment. And you know, I, maybe I'm a bit of a traditionalist with this, but I don't want to blow up the whole system just based on an outlier. You know what I mean? Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this, like the, the one thing that I would like to see um, is maybe not rewarding those bad division winners. Don't don't give them a home game. You know what I mean? Like make it so that if you win your division, that's cool. You can be in the playoffs, but you can only host a playoff game if you have a winning record. You know, something like that. Um, I, I would like to see that happen. So, okay, we got time for one more. And this is uh, about the idea of resting guys ahead of the playoffs. Happy New Year, Sam. This is Doc from Plumby, Missouri. I guess for week 17, the question is to rest or not rest. And to me, it's probably a no-brainer. This is a team that before the season began had no exhibitions and yet came out hot for the first game. So not playing for a while doesn't seem to affect them adversely. Now, there's one caveat to this. I mean, of course, if you rest, you don't risk injury. But the caveat is, though we know there's no lie in team, there is in all-time records. And Patrick Mahomes, I guess, is two touchdowns uh, below 40, and he needs less than 300 yards to get 5,000 yards. And those are great accomplishments for a quarterback. I don't know whether the team feels that they need to risk injury to um, accomplish records or where they are with that. So I'm curious about your thoughts about resting and also whether pursuing records is worth the the injury factor. 
Thanks, Sam. Bye. Look, I, I don't think milestones like that should be a factor at all. I understand that Andy Reid let Kareem Hunt win the rushing title a few years back, uh, you know, before pulling him in the season finale. And, you know, I'm open to the idea that, you know, acts like that are part of why guys play so hard for him. But, you know, to me, those numbers aren't really important in general and definitely aren't important for this team. Like, you know, 40 touchdowns, that that's nice. And it is rarer than I think some fans think. But, you know, Mahomes has already had a season with 50. And, you know, the, the 5,000 yards, again, like that's cool, outstanding accomplishment, but he's done that. You know what I mean? Like, and so if, if there's even a 1% chance that he would get injured in the process of doing that, and, and by the way, I'd argue there's much more than a 1% chance, then I can't imagine even considering doing this. And, and some of this goes back to a point I made a few times, like this team is different. Like they aren't looking at these individual marks as why they'll remember this season. You know, you saw the way that Travis Kelsey reacted when he set a few records last week. Like he'll keep the football or whatever. But, you know, I promise you, if the Chiefs lose a playoff game, then in 10 years or whatever, when Kelsey sees that game ball in his trophy case, he's going to think a lot more about the playoff loss than he will about that catch. So I, I do think there's something to the idea that that once you win a Super Bowl, and, you know, once you experience everything that goes with that, like the celebration, the parade, the respect, the joy, the pride, all that stuff. Once you experience all of that, you're, you're sort of doled to the rest of it. <laughs> Look, maybe I'm just hungry right now as I'm recording this. But, you know, like once you've had Joe's or Q39 or Gates on a good day, then your neighbor's barbecue might taste a little bit more like Famous Dave's. And nobody should risk a thing for Famous Dave's. I think we'd all agree on that. Okay, one more quick break, and then we are back with a point about one of the best football weekends of the season. So one of the effects of, of covering a lot of Chiefs games from home on Sundays is that I've finally been able to see what the rest of you have been enjoying with Red Zone. You know, and at first, like I have to admit, it was way too much, just overload, the jumping from game to game, trying to keep everything straight. But I think I found the sweet spot. I think the, the play on this is to focus on one game, maybe flip to the other during commercials, but, you know, keep one game on. And then later, unless the game you're watching is really good, uh, around the fourth quarter, that's when you flip it to Red Zone sort of you get the best of both worlds that way and you know when when you're watching red zone in the, in the fourth quarter they're always calling it the witching hour right and you know this is all a way of saying like this sunday is going to be like a seven hour long witching hour and 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 it's going to be one with particular interest to the chiefs and their fans here's andy Reid talking about it actually yeah veach uh brett showed me a chart and um i looked at it for about two seconds and i i said you figure it out man i mean it looked complicated so i I didn't want to deal with it um, at, at that moment. So uh, I don't think, uh, I think we've got it narrowed down to what we think, uh, <clears throat> but there are a bunch of variables there. So we, we've got people though, that look at all the different teams and, and uh, we'll be ready for whatever, you know, whatever and whoever it ends up being. But um, I know there are a lot of scenarios. I, this is great for the NFL. isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a, a tribute to them. They, they, a few years back, they strived for parity amongst the teams, and here we sit. I mean, it's 
it's crazy. So, um, kind of be fun to watch how it plays out. There is a chance that an 11 win team is going to miss the playoffs in the AFC, which uh, that is insane. And, you know, also kind of great if you're like me and enjoy chaos. Um, it's also a sign of something we've been talking about pretty consistently this season, which is the AFC is fairly loaded. You know, once you get there, I, I do think there's a gap between the Chiefs and whoever your number two team is, probably the Bills. But I do think there's a gap there. But the rest of the conference is as good as it's been in recent memory, I would say. And that means that on Sunday, and this rarely, hardly ever happens, um, but it means that on Sunday, the Chiefs game might actually not be the most interesting game going. <laughs> you know, uh, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Browns, the Colts, all 10 and 5. Titans play the Texans. Dolphins play the Bills. Ravens play the Bengals. Browns play the Steelers. Colts play the Jaguars. And as it stands right now, based on tiebreakers, the Colts would be the team that would be out of the playoffs. And look, like you, they're playing the Jaguars, so you have to assume that they will beat Trevor Lawrence's next team. And, and that would mean someone above them will probably drop out. And, you know, there, there are too many potential scenarios here to go through all of them. But, you know, for now, just the, the Bills and the Steelers are locked into the two and three seats, one order or the other. And that means that the Chiefs' first-round opponent will come from that next group of five. And, you know, whatever it's worth, and and I know this isn't going to be a popular thing to say to Chiefs fans, but I, I really think that any of those teams can beat the Chiefs on the right day, you guys. I really do. And let's be clear, like, the Chiefs will be favored, and they would be picked by virtually everyone um, against any of those five teams. I will pick them against any of those five teams. But those are good teams. Good teams that are capable of beating the Chiefs. That's the point I'm making here. The The Titans have one of the league's top scoring offenses with, with a running back who went for 188 on them last year, on the Chiefs last year. The Dolphins were within a missed 46-yard field goal of a chance to finish off what would have been an epic comeback against the Chiefs. Ravens obviously have a lot to prove in the playoffs, but there's a load of talent there, and, and that defense has been playing a lot better. The, the Browns, the Browns have a loaded roster, um, an offense that I think would give the Chiefs fits and, and a defense that would be sending Miles Garrett straight at Mahomes. The Colts, like, I wouldn't be wanting to count on 39-year-old Phillip Rivers in the postseason, um, but they've got some real guys on that team. That is a really solid roster, one of the better ones in the NFL. And, and they've got some impressive wins. They beat the Packers, they beat the Titans, uh, among other teams. You know, so I, I think if you're the Chiefs, I think the Titans might actually be the team with the best shot against them. Um, but I can see an argument for any of the five. And all of that sets up this. Like the, the cool thing about Sunday is that you can watch all of these teams. You can watch all of these games and, and you can make your own judgments knowing that, you know, the Chiefs place in the postseason is wrapped. And, and then we get another weekend, a playoff weekend, which, by the way, is something that a lot of people thought we would never get. Um, but we will get a playoff weekend to get an even better idea of how the Chiefs might match up against and, and, and who. So I guess what I'm saying is like it's easy to see a week 17 game with, you know, Patrick Mahomes will be wearing a tracksuit on the sideline probably. And, you know, you might think the football not be, might not be worth your time. But for me, and I understand I'm a nerd here and, and a little obsessed. But for me, this is one of the most interesting Sundays of the year. I just, I, I can't wait. Okay, uh, that's the show this week. Thank you for listening. I hope we're worth your time. And if I can impose, I hope we're worth subscribing to, rating and reviewing. It really helps us get the word out. Thanks to Savannah Smith for putting this together. Thanks to everybody who called in, even those we couldn't get to this week. And again, the biggest thanks to you for listening. Let's do it again next week. Have a great weekend. Be kind.